Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. On today's show, we'll recap the weekend that it was for Wisconsin men's basketball and Wisconsin football. A high for the men's basketball team, another low for the football team, a very disappointing loss to the Iowa Hawkeyes, a game that, frankly, Wisconsin should have won, but there's been a lot of those this season, so we'll dive into that, recap that entire game. And then in the end of the show, we got a very fun interview with 2023 quarterback commit Cole LaCrue. He was the most recent Badger fan or Badger commit to Wisconsin, and uh, we had him on to talk about his game, uh, talk about his recruitment to Wisconsin, his excitement in coming to Wisconsin. Very good interview. Um, really fun to talk with him. Very confident kid. I, I think he's, he's going to be a really good one for Wisconsin fans, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do when he gets to Madison. Um, so that should be a fun, full episode for you to get started. Um, here on the podcast. So we'll get right into it. We'll start, we'll work our way forward with Wisconsin men's basketball. Overall, Wisconsin men's basketball in the Bruce City battle, I think looked pretty good in that contest. Wasn't necessarily the most pretty game in terms of the offensive ends back and forth, but overall, I think Wisconsin did some really good things to improve to 2-0 in a tough circumstance, you know, playing in a baseball stadium. As I mentioned in the write-up to kind of preview that game, Playing in those type of environments usually lead to kind of some ugly offense. It's not necessarily conducive to shooting and making baskets. So you kind of thought that this game was going to be a little bit low scoring, ugly. But the Badgers found a way to win against a Stanford team that is not any slouch in the conference. Picked to be a top five team in the Pac-12. A lot of turning, retail, a turning returning talent uh, for the Stanford Cardinal. Harrison Ingram, a very big, powerful forward. Spencer Jones, very good guard. Michael Jones, a guy... They can really knock it down when they're shooting, but um, when they're shooting well. But Wisconsin was able to kind of keep them in check in this game. Chucky Hepburn played pretty well. He kind of got some things going offensively. It seemed like these teams were kind of back and forth, but overall, Wisconsin, I think, did some good jobs to find a way to win this game. Offensively, I will say early on, it felt like the Badgers were a little inconsistent with the way they moved the basketball. They were kind of struggling to get into their sets kind of moving the ball a little bit, I think, slower than they wanted to. I think they were kind of indecisive in some of their decision-making early on. And part of that is you're in a different environment. You're playing against a, a Stanford team that is is really good defensively. I think that's you know, multiple guys that they have on the Stanford team were you know, all – there was a couple of – Spencer Jones was all Pac-12 defensive player of the year – or defensive team last year, so – Stanford is known, both these teams known for really good defensive ends, not necessarily as much offensively. There's talent there on both sides, but sometimes that talent does struggle to score the basketball consistently. So I think Wisconsin overall 
in the first half was kind of slow offensively, but they felt like they kind of started to get some things on later on. But overall, the entire game, the whole 60 minutes, or excuse me, 40 minutes in uh, in basketball, I'm still in football mode here. Uh, 40 minutes of basketball, I think they did play really well on the defensive end. The intensity was really there. I think the matchups were a little bit tough for Wisconsin. I think they did a good job. That was one thing coming into this game. Harrison Ingram, a big 6'7 forward. I, th- I figured Tyler Wall would kind of get that matchup. You wondered who was going to get Spencer Jones. You, it seemed like it was going to be a Jordan Davis, Max Klesman on two of their top players. A really good defensive test for those guys. And I think both of them um, really played well on the defensive end. You're holding the Stanford team under 50 points with some tough matchups. I think was was really nice to see. So overall, I think it was a, a very good game for the Badgers and, and really kind of got some things that they can feel confident as they continue to build into. I mean, that's a tough second game um, in your non-conference. I think they can really build on that. So Wisconsin shot just 37% from the field. Not necessarily great, but when you hold Stanford to 36% as well, that means that you know, you're going to be in that football or <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you're going to be in that basketball game consistently, and you know I'm sure these two teams, if they played in football, would be just as ugly offensively as well. Um, but I do think that the Badgers really kind of got some things that they can build on in a tough second second game. You're going on the road to play in a baseball stadium, play against a quality opponent, and that really is something that not all these teams would do. Some teams like to have a really early start, you know, just kind of work their way into the season. Not at all what Wisconsin did, and I give them kudos for going out there and winning that game and, and scheduling that game. I think you see a lot of schools around the country that will play these games, but there's a lot of them that, again, will kind of just work their way into um, the season, playing some lower opponents like the South Dakotas and that. Wisconsin, not necessarily the case. They, you know, they've got UW-Green Bay on deck, and then they've got Dayton and Wake Forest and Marquette. You know, this is a, a good non-conference schedule for this Badger team to kind of get some tests under their belt uh, before getting into that early Big Ten play, those couple games that you always have. So overall, in terms of stats and everything for that contest, Tyler Wall, once again, led the way for Wisconsin. I think that's going to have to be what you you see from him most nights. You're going to likely have to have Tyler Wall be your leading scorer to feel comfortable about the game. Jordan Davis had a really nice game, 13 points for him. Kind of first glimpse we saw of, of him really starting to get into that double digits. Chucky Hepburn, a little bit of a slow start. He knocked down some shots early, was playing good and and kind of in rhythm offensively early. Finished with 11 points, really got it going in the second half there. Connor Sedgian was, I think, the best overall kind of positive for Wisconsin. You expect Tyler Wall to come out and lead lead in scoring. You expect Chucky Hepburn to come out and put up double digits and run the offense. Connor Sedgian coming in, you know, putting in eight points. When you only score 68 points, feels like a lot more. I mean, he, he knocked down some big shots, gave Wisconsin some good minutes. 23 minutes for him, so he's he's looking like he's going to be the almost number number two guy or number one guy off the bench. You could even see him kind of working his way into, I won't say he's going to work his way into a starting role. I think he's a really good player off the bench, but Max Klesman only playing 17 minutes, three rebounds, uh, one assist, no points. That's a tough day for him. For Sedgian playing 23 you're kind of seeing that those two guys might be splitting minutes more closely um, at that maybe two-guard spot than you, you may be expected to come out. So Wisconsin, interesting uh, in terms of that, in terms of the rotation. I think you, you saw Wisconsin's probably going. You've got your five, six. Jacoby Neese was in there. Carter Gilmore, 
And that's probably as deep as they're going to go consistently. You look at like Isaac Lindsay got a few minutes. Chris Hodges got a few minutes. Kamari McGee kind of a surprise. Only two minutes for him as the UW-Green Bay transfer. So interesting to see the rotation. Overall, not a super pretty game for Wisconsin, but they found a way to win. And now we'll get to see how they uh, stack up as they move on to their next contest against UW-Green Bay. I will say the Badgers, another really thing that impressed me was on the defensive end, the turnovers. They really were in... Um, in, was, in Stanford's passing lanes, forcing some steals, got a lot of blocks, and, and really I think they played a great game defensively, which led them to win. You hope the offense will come, but if you can play defense like that, holding your opponent to 6% shooting from beyond the arc, 1 of 16, that's a really good day. Stanford can struggle from the free throw line as well, but overall a, a very solid defensive effort, very good defensive game. The offense will hopefully come as you get your feet under your shield. Plenty of season um, for Wisconsin basketball trying to get it going on that end. Speaking of good defense and bad offense, that transitions us over to this Wisconsin football game. That was ugly on one side of the ball. The other side of the ball deserves a lot of credit. I think they played their best game of the season and really looked phenomenal. They looked back to being a Jim Leonard defense. But to get into that game now, I think if you watched it, there is, what more can you really say? I mean, there was an entire game of Wisconsin's defense getting stop after stop after stop, being absolutely wreaking havoc on Spencer Peters and this Iowa uh, offense, just continually getting to the quarterback. It, it felt like you knew as soon as Wisconsin punted they were going to get it back. It was just more so a matter of putting together points, and Wisconsin just could not do it. it the offense looked... It's had some bad games, but that was that was probably the worst I've seen Wisconsin in terms of the offense performance in in quite some time. You're talking about the last few years of, of bad offensive performances. I think back to the Indiana COVID game, the Iowa COVID game, those were all pretty bad, but this one was was pretty ugly in terms of the offensive output. So we'll we'll start with the defense and we can talk about that because I really don't know if there's much more that needs to be said on the defensive end. They played phenomenal. Um, I think front to back, the, the defense looked the best it's looked all season long. Um, and you're starting to see that this group is starting to gel and really come together. You you knew that early in the season, Wisconsin football was going to have some struggles on the defense side. There was a lot of new faces. You were working in a lot of different players. So I think anyone who expected Wisconsin's defense to come in and be a top 5-10 unit was probably setting expectations too high. And I can understand why people did that. You're used to Wisconsin defense being incredibly solid. And when you see that year after year after year, it's fair to assume that you expect that sort of excellence from a Wisconsin defense. But they were younger, there were new faces, there was injuries that you had to deal with, new you know transfers, guys coming in trying to mesh with the system. So you knew early on there was going to possibly be some growing pains. I think what people wanted to see from Wisconsin's defense was how they responded to those growing pains. Did those continue? Or did Wisconsin really start to button some stuff up on the defensive end as the season went on? I think you're seeing now that Wisconsin's defense as a whole, they found the guys that they want to go with. They're healthy now. You know, Alexander Smith back, Hunter Roller back in the secondary. You've got your guys working back in. They've been banged up on the defensive line at times. So now that you're seeing this group kind of work together, you're seeing improvement week after week. And I think this past game was a really dominating performance for them. I mean, what Nick Herbig was doing in that game was absolutely incredible. Now, 
Part of that is that Iowa offensive line is absolutely horrendous. I mean, I, I've never seen an Iowa offensive line so bad. And I know in the preview, Ben talked about this offensive line and in the Q&A that we had for the website written up. He talked. They talked about, Jonah talked about that uh, offensive line as well. So you knew that coming in, it was a pretty bad group. But I personally don't subject myself to a lot of Iowa football. I had watched some uh, tape of Iowa last week. But generally on a Saturday, I don't really want to spend much of my time watching Iowa football. So I hadn't seen a ton of them. But they that offensive line was uh, as bad as it had been in the preview. But still, Nick Herbig, I think, can do that to a lot of even good offensive lines. And what he did was absolutely incredible. I mean, he was in the backfield multiple times in the first half, multiple sacks, a, a strip fumble that really helped Wisconsin um, you know, get some good field position there. So that, that defense played in incredibly well. I mean, you held up, held up consistently throughout the game. Yes, they gave up some points, but when you're on the field that much, that, that amount of points needs to, needs to win you a football game. And, and unfortunately for this defense, it's another very solid performance that we've had over the years now. There's there's plenty of defensive performances that are frankly wasted because this offense was not able to get it together. So congrats to the defense, hat tip to them. I, I think they looked uh, absolutely incredible. They're flying around. The pressure was there, the coverage was there. This offense, this, that Iowa offense stinks, but I think that Badger defense not only it wasn't just this Iowa deep offense was bad. I think this Wisconsin defense really showed and it flexed their muscles and, and looks to be improving um, You know, from week to week. They've, they've been better. They played really well against Maryland, played really well back-to-back weeks now. Going to have to play well again these next two weeks, and they need to get one of them to get to a bowl game sitting there right now just outside of that six-win mark. So transitioning now, the other side of the ball. <sighs> this Wisconsin offense, um, once again, just bad, bad offensive play for this Wisconsin offense. Once again, and we've seen it so many times over the last few years, but that was one of the worst I, I think you've seen Wisconsin in that time. And we talked about it in this preview. I, I expect Wisconsin to be able to come out after the way that the offensive line played last week in running the football. I expected them to come out and be able to run the football better. I think there were other people around that coming in, kind of previewing this game, like I said in the show last week, the Iowa total defense numbers and the rushing defenses do say they're a better unit than they are. But I think there was some you know, advanced stats that I really looked to that show that Wisconsin might be able to run the ball a little bit. And I'm not going to say they were going to come out and dominate, but Wisconsin could not do anything um, in terms of the run game. And at that point, it was, it was really over. If Wisconsin can't consistently run the football against a team like that, it you you're done for. That's just the way this offense is built. It's going to be built on the run first to set up the pass, and when that run game isn't working at all, there's really I don't think much you can do. Now, of course, the quarterback play has to be a lot better. That's frankly, you know, Graham Mertz has had a really good season. You expected him to come into this game, play a little bit better. He played, I think, one of the worst games of his career. I mean, it was just incredibly. This year, he's been much more accurate. This past week, I don't know if it was injuries, if he was rushed, if he's feeling uncomfortable, if he's banged up. Something was not right with him, and he was incredibly inaccurate. There were multiple throws where the receiver was open, the play was there, just missed it. You need better quarterback play than that, and Wisconsin did not get that this past week, and that's what ultimately led to a big loss. I mean, you look at the interception, that's seven points right there, but there were multiple times where Wisconsin could have made up for that if you hit some open targets. So... Graham Mertz, 
has to be better. And we've we've seen these Graham Mertz games from him. There'll be games where or there'll be even throws. When you look at look at that Iowa Wisconsin game, Graham Mertz came out and, and couldn't hit the broadside of the barn on some throws. And then at the end of the first half, drops an absolute dime to Keontas Lewis to kind of buy you back in. That's the Graham Mertz experience. That's what it's been earlier in his career to now. And there's been ups and there's been you know high highs and, and really low lows. And I think this game was one of the really low lows for him. And, and you need better performance from your quarterback. You need better performance from your run game to help your quarterback. But Graham Mertz is an experienced quarterback. You know, he's played enough football to know, you know, that pick six, that is a throw that can't happen. Any, any quarterback should know that's not a throw you can make. That was a throw that, frankly, is unacceptable for, you know, you, you see a college freshman maybe make that throw, but a guy that for Graham Mertz that has played that much football can't make that throw. I think anyone who's played football at any competitive level has been told you can't, you, you don't throw in, in that situation to that area. When, when a corner's closing like that, you just can't do it. And Graham Mertz did it, and it, it ultimately bit them for seven points. And in a game like that, a defensive battle, seven points feels almost insurmountable. You know, and, and that was the case for Wisconsin. You knew that almost the defense had to score for them to get anything going. So disappointing um, from that regard and, and disappointing overall um, from the offense. The run game was bad. I think the receivers had it. I mean, I think the re- receivers were getting open. I, I do think those Iowa corners are, are talented players really good really good players that were you know wreaking havoc all day long but there were times where these receivers were open it's just got to be hit and and that falls back in the quarterback play there were a couple plays where merch you know, didn't have a lot of time the offensive line you know took after a step forward against maryland big step back couldn't get anything open in the run game pass protection was inconsistent i think is the fair word to say there were times where he did have time and there were times where he just had time and missed the throw, but there were times where there was you know, defensive linemen in the backfield pretty quickly, um, you know, knocking him off his progression, knocking him off his read. So I don't think you can necessarily point to just one player of the offense and say, hey, you know, if Graham Mertz plays better, we likely win that game. That, that could be true, but you know, Braylon Allen needs to be better. The offensive line needs to be better. The receivers, there were, you know, they were open at times, but I think the all offense as a whole needs to be better. And I think Bobby Ingram needs to be better. I mean, I just, I don't know if I, as as a fan of Wisconsin and in, in trying to see what the future is, I don't know if Bobby Ingram is is the guy. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I felt that way all season long. I don't feel like the play calling has been good. I think it's been inconsistent. Now you can point to the quarterback, you can point to the offensive coordinator, you can point to the offensive line. There's plenty of blame to go around. I'm just saying from watching that and, and the play calling is just not very good. It's stale. It's the same stuff. And, he, and, and maybe it's Bobby Ingram's a Paul Chris guy, but it just it does not feel like an offense that is going to consistently work. And, and unfortunately for Wisconsin, it hasn't. Now, Bobby Ingram can make the argument that, hey, if I had a quarterback that could hit these passes, the offense looks better and vice versa. So it's hard to really know and, and place the blame anywhere. But just for me as an outsider perspective, Someone who watches this team consistently sees the play calling. I just don't know if I see the Bobby Ingram um, era being one that is all that positive. And I think as you kind of look to the future of Wisconsin football and what's going to be, who's going to be back, I think you've got to look at, you know, not bringing Bobby Ingram back as an offensive coordinator. Now, assuming Jim Leonard, if, if I were Jim Leonard, assuming he gets the job, 
I'd cut ties, I think, with everyone on this offensive staff at this point in time. I don't think anyone on this offensive staff, maybe Alvis Witted at the receiver, they, there has been development in the receiver room. I think it's enough to, to maybe, and part of it is, you know, I think it's easy to say Wisconsin needs to cut ties with everyone from this offensive staff. I do think that's true. I think it's a, a staff that Paul Christ brought together, and if Paul Christ isn't the guy, which is clearly not you. You maybe need to you know clean that house of guys that he brought in to assemble his staff. So part of that is easier said than done. I mean, I think you have to look and be realistic at Wisconsin and say, can we afford to, you know, can we find somebody actually better at that certain position? You know, that's why a guy like Elvis Witted, maybe he's the best you can land at Wisconsin for the time being. I mean, wide receiver coaches are going to go to places where. They can throw the ball consistently from time to time, where they're going to go to places where, you know, assistant coaches, a lot of coaches across the country at, at position groups get paid a little bit more than Wisconsin does. So it's it's not, it's unrealistic to say just cut ties with everyone um, on this offensive staff. But I do think you're getting to that point where this offensive staff is not progressing. And if you want them to progress, you probably need to you know, take a look at outsider and, you know, help and, and option. And I don't want to sit here and, and talk about other people's jobs. I, I don't want to sit here. I, I don't like when people come out and say, hey, this guy needs to be fired. This guy needs to be let go. He's not good at his job. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we That's a fair thing to say, but I don't like to sit here and talk about other people's jobs in terms of, you know, I think they should get let go. It's just to be realistic as a Wisconsin football fan and, and someone who watches this team consistently, and I'm sure for other fans, that's a frustrating portion of the game is the offensive side of the ball, and nothing is really working on that offensive side of the ball. So I think you look at Wisconsin, there needs to be wholesale changes on that side. And if they don't, then it's just more so sitting back to the means that it's been for the past few or many years. I think when you make a wholesale coaching change like that, you also have to look at the staff beyond the head coach. And, and that's something that I think Wisconsin needs to take a deep look at, but that's going to be you know on offseason you know, discussion. Especially when you look at, they haven't even named Jim Leonard the uh, the official next head coach, which I, I think, frankly, is a mistake and only hurting Wisconsin in the long run um, as you move on to that next phase of Wisconsin football. So that's probably more of an off-season conversation. You, you've, you're not going to make wholesale changes any further um, at this point in the season. Wisconsin just needs to find a win against Nebraska or Minnesota, get to a bowl, get some practice under them. But I think these hard conversations, once Again, this is why I think you're hindering yourself um, by not making Jim Leonard the coach. Is you don't Jim Leonard doesn't have that same power to say, okay, I, I want to look for new offensive assistants. I want to do this. I want to do that because he hasn't even gotten the job quite yet. So I think it is hurting Wisconsin in the long run, and I think there is going to be need to be some wholesale changes um, on that offensive side of the ball. And part of that that changes goes into the special teams area as well. I think not having a special teams overall coach like Wisconsin had last year. Now Chris Herring is now the tight ends coach. I I frankly don't think that he was a very good special teams coach, and I think he got moved to another job to keep him on the staff. But I don't think that he's necessarily the guy that needs to be back. He's a Paul friend of Paul Chris. Paul Chris isn't the guy. I think you've got to look at looking letting a guy like that go. And again, I hate to sit here and say that guy needs to be fired, but it there hasn't really been production from him or his position groups. But I think the fact that you just did, rolled into the season without a special teams coach overall, and you're starting to see the 
reasons why you don't do that. Special teams has been an absolute dumpster fire for going on, what, four seasons now? This isn't like it's a new thing. The special teams has been bad, and we talked about it in the preview. Whichever team made more plays in special teams, Iowa, seven points off that. Whichever teams, you know, made less mistakes in terms of turnovers, which, you know, this, I guess both teams did turn over, create turnovers, but Iowa, you know, made more, seven points there. It's certainly a game that Wisconsin could have won, but it's a game that you expect more from that. And you, you just saw that, like, once again, the special teams blunders and the lack of making plays in that realm of the game cost Wisconsin points. If you're going to play these defensive battles, you have to have everything else buttoned up. I think that's when you, Wisconsin has played its best. It's had a good good defense. It's offense given up and up, and, a, and they've played clean special teams. That leads to a win. But when you don't have the offense buttoned up, you're throwing pick sixes, you're letting punt blocks go, you're, I mean, going beyond just this game, you're fumbling, you know, punt returns. It feels like you're, I'm panicked every time, you know, a, a team punts the ball to Wisconsin because it's either going to roll down to the 20-yard line or it's going to be caught and fumbled. I mean, I think Wisconsin fans between Dean Ingram and Amari Rogers at the NFL level, if you're a Packer fan, punt returns are absolutely scary and special teams as a whole is absolutely scary and you're seeing that you know consistently from both your saturday and sunday teams which is disappointing for for those of you that are a badger and packer fan but that's that area is i mean it feels like a broken record that the special teams need to do better the offense knew better the defense played great that's, that's just another wisconsin football game kind of reverting back to what you've seen from wisconsin um you know these past four years now it was a lot of the same in that regard so I think there's going to be need to be changes. I think those are changes that are going to have to come in the off season. But for right now, it's just you kind of got to sit there and, and scratch your head and, and fester on another bad loss. I mean, this team was building a lot of momentum going into that Iowa game. You would look better, and I feel like and all of a sudden you take a big step back and say, okay, they they did they they've looked better, but it's in, inconsistencies once again, and then that's been the entire season, the entire team. And hopefully, you know, at this point, your Big Ten West teams are, are your your Big Ten West title dreams are done. Um, Iowa, you know, Illinois handed it to you a silver platter, and as soon as that happened, it felt like, of course, Wisconsin is going to lose this game. And now, all of a sudden, Iowa is going to backdoor their way into the uh, Big Ten title game, which is absolutely just disgusting. That you're going to have to watch that, um, you know, that Iowa team take on Michigan or Ohio State, but. It is what it is at this point, Wisconsin. I think you just now need to try and, and on the football side, finish strong. You know, try and win these next couple games, win these next two trophies, beat Nebraska, get to bowl eligibility. That would be huge. Of course, no matter the records, the the axe is going to be one that is going to be important for all Wisconsin fans and Minnesota fans. So hopefully, the Badgers can kind of get some things right, shake this one off. But it's certainly one that stings and, and really kind of shoots yourself in the foot in terms of the long-term goals that you had but now just two more weeks of football hopefully they get to a bowl game I think that that is huge I know there's a lot of Wisconsin fans that are disappointed that you know they blew their chance at the Big Ten West after almost getting it handed back to them on a silver platter you know I, I think we were all a little bit over our skis and trying to will this team to a Big Ten West title when it just wasn't a team that was good enough to to make it there um, and, and we've seen that consistently over the past couple of years where you know maybe the Big Ten West team that gets there there's always going to be a couple of teams in the fold but none of them really deserve to and that's why the Big Ten East has been so dominant so 
we'll see. Hopefully the Badgers can clean some things up, get to a bowl game. I, I think some bowl practices would be huge for this team. You can work some guys in, work some younger guys in, and, and not, and you get all those extra practices, which is so huge for a team in terms of their development for next year. So it's it's a tough couple of days right now, but I do think Wisconsin can uh, hopefully bounce back and, and get that victory and try and clean some things up. All right, everyone, that wraps up my portion of the podcast. We've still got a little bit to get to in terms of our interview with Cole Lacou. So stick with us through a couple of quick ad reads, and then we'll go to, uh, into our interview with Cole. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest, the most recent Wisconsin football commit. Very excited to chat with him, Cole LaCrue, out of Bloomfield uh, High School out in Colorado. Very recent commit for Wisconsin, quarterback for the 2023 class. So I know a lot of Badger fans are excited, and I'm very excited to have him on. Cole, thanks for very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. Well, I want to start with how good does it feel to have your recruitment kind of buttoned up now because I have to imagine that's just a whirlwind and especially for your situation it seems like recruiting really picked up the last few weeks you know some big offers late so how good does it feel to kind of have that decision made and that kind of weight off your shoulder man I've been uh this has been a process since my sophomore year that I've really been kind of pissed off about it's the way you can say it you know kind of angry about um you know because I see you guys getting recruited and I see you guys I'm like I can be better than guy or I am better than guy I've trained with them so obviously it was frustrating um, but I always stayed the course, you know, I, I got three offers my, after my junior year, but they weren't offers I was happy about. I got Central Michigan one and then two FCS offers from Northern Colorado and South Dakota. And I knew the work that I put in and I'm like, I'm better than that. I know I can play power five football. I know the type of player I am. So I took a gamble. I bet it on myself and, uh, really started putting even more work in and started doing all the little extra stuff, even more towards what I was already doing. And I just started noticing a bigger turnout. You know, I started noticing better footwork, better drops, better mechanics all around myself. And I noticed I became a better athlete. Um, and obviously, you know, I kept playing at a great level throughout my entire season. I remember I'd shoot out a thousand texts, thousand emails to everyone saying, look, I'm doing this. I can be your guy. Like, you know, so it got difficult, but I'm just glad that it finally paid off when CU offered eventually then Tulane and then my new home, Wisconsin, finally offered. And it's good to finally see all my hard work has paid off. Yeah, I always love those those type of stories, you know, kids that put in the work for whatever reason, maybe the recruitment wasn't going the way they wanted to. But, you know, rather than, you know, complain and moan about it, it sounds like you really hit the pavement and, you know, made it known that you're a quality prospect that you and, and confident in yourself. And I think that's huge for the quarterback position. So did that really give you a chip on your shoulder and in, in terms of your play on the field as well? You know, it, it did. 
off the field. But on the field, you know, I was just enjoying my time with my guys. I think that's why I played at such a high level is just because I was just having so much fun playing the game of football. You know, you only get one senior year of high school football, so I was going to make the most of it. And I honestly knew I had to chip my shoulder knowing that I had to go out there and perform. But I don't want the pressure get to me. You know, I, I think I play better when there's pressure on me because I get to show how good of an athlete, how good of a player I am when the spotlight's on me. So, obviously, you know, there was a chip on my shoulder, but I took that as a good thing, and I just kept putting work in and kept putting my head down and doing the right things at the right times. Well, I know you mentioned getting better and, and working hard. So, usually we kind of start our interviews with prospects in terms of kind of going over the strengths of their game and then things that they're looking to improve on. So, we'll start with the strengths. What do you feel are the strengths of your game? Because I have to say, when I was watching your huddle tape the other day, writing up a post when you committed – very mobile, very strong arm, throwing on the run, all things that were very impressive for a quarterback. So once I was watching that, I was thrilled that you ended up a Badger. Yeah, I was uh, – so I think the best way to describe me is as a dual threat. Um, I think the strengths of my abilities are are to keep the defense on their toes almost. Um, you know, if you want to drop eight in the coverage, that's cool. I'm going to run all over you. Um, if you want to bring six, you know, I'm going to hit the hot routes and I'm going to make you look like a fool on throwing the ball in the air. Um, so obviously I think that's a strength of mine. I think of my game, obviously, I think I'm very mobile. And with my athleticism, you know, I can make things out of nothing. You know, when a play looks shut down, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't like to take the home run play every time, but I have that ability to do that. And I ha- I think I value myself in that. And then throwing on the throwing on the run on my left, I'm, I think I'm pretty excellent at I'm pretty good at. Um, and it's just from years of playing baseball and years of just messing around on the run and throwing sidearm and all that stuff. Um, I think my athleticism is pretty good. You know, obviously, that's something I want to improve. And I think I have a, even though people don't give me enough credit, I think I have a pretty good arm. If you see me in person, you'll be like, wow, this kid can really sling it. Yeah, I, I definitely took that from the video. I thought, man, you know, there was a couple of throws that you made in that huddle ta- that tape where I was like, man, I don't know. There's not a lot of kids uh, across the country that are making throws like that. So I was kind of, you know, we talked about your recruitment already. I was kind of shocked that you didn't have more of those big offers, but that's good for Wisconsin fans to hear. Um, so what are the things I know you talked about, you, you really bet on yourself trying to get better. What are the things that you've been really working to improve on? So if you go and watch my junior season film, um, you notice that I had this really big loop in my leg, almost like a pitcher because I played baseball my entire mm-hmm. life until up literally this season I quit. Um, but, you know, I, I had this really long loopy back motion with like a pitcher almost when you know when they fall through and the leg comes over, um, almost like they're pushing off. So that was something I really prioritized and really just popping the hip, keeping the foot on the ground. That way I get more velocity and almost just look better. Um, and then kind of just toning down my arm angle and my arm slot. You know, I think last year I was really loose with it. Like like I said, like I said, a pitcher. And so, obviously, I wanted to change that up. Um, I really prioritize getting a lot smarter as well, you know, understanding the game of football. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to be a successful quarterback if you don't understand what the defense is doing. And uh, the more I got the knowledge of the game, the better I believe I started to play. And, uh, you know, when you really know that stuff and really know what you're talking about, the game of football comes to you really easily. Heading working into your recruitment now, you know, two of the schools, Colorado and Wisconsin, are currently headed by interim coaches. So what was kind of the staff messaging to you about that situation? And did that change at all your thinking? Or are you just happy to be at one of those schools and whatever happens, happens? You know, with Wisconsin, um, they they tell me straight up that they think Jim Leonard's going to be the guy. And after talking to Jim, I, I don't know why he hasn't been the guy yet. You know, I love talking to Coach Leonard. He's a guy that I really – just respect and like talking to him, man. He's a good dude. He understands what it is to hard work and kind of have a chip on his shoulder as well, you know, being a walk on mm-hmm. himself and taking that chance as well. And, you know, he just continued that with life. 
And I think he's proven that the guys would love to play for him. And, you know, and you just hear it in the interviews that he's the type of guy they want in that locker room leading them. So that was obviously something I got excited about. And with CU, um, you know, I love my relationship with Coach Sanford, Coach Dotson. Um, those guys are two guys that I still am talking to. You know, they're good dudes. They're good people. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I grew up being a CU Buffs fan and I grew up wanting to be a Buff. And when I went on my official last weekend, it didn't feel the same as I, as it once was when I was a kid. So, you know, obviously I think that was really what sealed the deal. Because when I went to Madison, man, I loved it. I fell in love. And I knew that's a place I think I can have success. And I knew that's a place where I'm going to succeed. And I just can't wait for people to watch me on Saturdays at Madison and watch me at Camp Randall. You know, you just mentioned it. It's you. Ha- so you have been to Madison before. I know you didn't take an official visit, but you did you take an unofficial? And are you an planning on getting back? Yeah, so we're. I'm going to go out there the weekend of the 10th. Um, I took an unofficial. The um, I think they played Washington State when they lost. Oh yeah, um, I was there, and uh, you know, I uh, it was that's really I was with my grandpa. They such good hospitality, such good people. Um, I just remember throughout the town, people were super nice. You know, even though it was an unofficial um, visit, you know, people were still like I remember that we when we called the hotel and we told them I was going on a recruit trip. They gave me, you know, they gave me such nice notes. They were just very lovely. And I was super impressed by that. Yeah, I mean, Madison, beside between Madison and Boulder, two great towns, two great college towns. But, you know, that that's certainly an exciting place to see. And, and I was actually at that game as well. Beautiful day to, to be on campus. I know the game didn't go the way Badger fans wanted to, but it really rolled out of the stops and it makes makes Madison feel like such a great college town. So is there anything about the campus that, that really impressed you? I, I'm sure in Colorado there's plenty of beautiful scenery, but Madison's got some nice stuff in its own right. Yeah, so obviously I, I think it is a lot like Boulder, to be honest with you. I get the kind of same feel, and I think that's why I like it so much. Um, when I, I mean, when I was driving through, I didn't realize the Capitals right there and they have two lakes right there. That was one of the prettiest scenes that I have driving into a town, man. I was super impressed. I was almost speechless just seeing that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you guys have that I really – I think it's called State Street that you guys have mm-hmm. or something. And it was a lot like Boulder, and I loved it. I loved the people. Like I said, they're very interactive with them. And I think just the senior at Camp Randall is what really sold it for me, man. When I saw 80,000 people in there when you got red, white, or red, white, red, you know, patterns going on, then you see the student sections filled to the top of the stadium. And you, you get to the jump around tradition. And I, I literally, I said this in all my quotes, man. It was the most fun I've had in a football game in years, man. And, you know, we have Mile High here. We have Empower. And I think it sits, seats like 77,000. And, you know, I could hear a significant difference in the crowd. I just, the loudness of everything, man. It was, I was having such a blast. And I'm so excited I get to play in front of it now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great recruiting tool. A fall afternoon jump around plan. It's it's hard to beat that, and and I can certainly see why that gets a lot of players excited for their future. So, speaking of future, of course, part of the twenty twenty three class. Now, have you had chats with any other players in the class, just kind of getting to know some of the guys that you'll be coming in with? Yeah, so we, you know, they added me to the group chat. Um, they all, you know, appreciated me going or and deciding that. So we, you know, we've all been talking. We're all going to take our official, I think, on the tenth. And, you know, we've been creating this good relationship with them. And it's with me, it's been good to see that we have this good kind of camaraderie already. You know, I've been talking to Chris Tarek, um, you know, Nate and uh, Justin Taylor, I think his name is. Um, you know, we got – I think, you know, watching that film, dude, we have some guys coming in this class that, you know, people are kind of – I'm a little angry about how they're doubting us already just because the whole thing with Chris and everything. You know, I'm kind of fed up with it because I think we – this class, after watching everything, I think we could do something special. 
you know, I, I love that attitude in terms of, you know, having the chip on their shoulder. Everyone talks about the recruited rankings, but I think for you guys as players, you know, coming in, that's, that's the right attitude to have for sure. So to kind of finish things up, what's one thing you want Badger fans to know about you and what you're going to bring to Madison? I want Badger Nation to know that I, I'm a, I'm a gamer, man. I'm a playmaker. I'm a winner. You know, I'm 10 and 0 this year. Um, my track record, I think, you know, up until last year, I only had six losses in my entire life. And, you know, I'm a guy that just wants to go out there and win and compete. You know, I'm gonna, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win a football game, even if it's week two. You know, and I'm a guy that's going to go out there and be a fun guy to watch. You know, and I'm going to get the crowd going. Like I, I said in everything, I'm a guy that plays off energy, you know. So if they're bringing energy, I'm going to play with energy. And, you know, I think that's why I chose Madison is because I understand the energy up there is through the roof. And I'm just – I'm so excited to be in front of it. I'm so excited to see Badgers fans see what I can really do, man, because there's a lot of fun things about my game. And they're just going to have to see it to believe it. Well, there you have it, Wisconsin fans. I think you should be excited about the prospects that Cole and this whole 2023 class is going to bring to Madison. Excited to see you guys get on campus and get things going. So thank you very much for joining time and and, uh, congrats again on the commitment. I'm glad to see that that it worked out for you and we're glad to have you as a Badger. And thank you, man. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. That's a perfect way to put it. That wraps up another episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin.